What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and it's time for your weekend news edition of Newsworthy, which is different from all the other news that you consume during the week because it's during the weekend and not during the week. And also because Jeremy Lambert's here because, you know, he always is here. Hi, Jeremy. How are you? I live here. I go here now. It's good enough. <laughs> it's old Bianca Belair saying, I go here now. You don't you don't even go here. I don't think she does even. Oh. I, I thought she used the clap. She, oh. Bianca Bella she rules. Used, she does. That's that's it also rules. It also rules when you leave a thumbs up here on this video at youtube.com slash fightful overbooked. And maybe you'll enjoy this loads of birthday cake chocolate uh, bar that i was gifted today that? it's it's a white chocolate chocolate bar that has loads of birthday cake in it that's pretty sweet honestly i'm kind of looking forward to it i was gifted yeah. that uh, today and i'm like i am going to enjoy that so go ahead that's the sweetness of joining us here at five flover book huh? isn't that cheesy we we would that is very cheesy uh yes. we had we had trick-or-treating and the, this lady was giving out candy bars with like her business information on the wrapper to the, like she gave that to the adults. So the wife and I got that and the kids got like just regular candy bars and stuff. But she's like, Oh, here you go. Here's like adult candy bars. I was like, how adult are these candy bars? What are they laced with? Uh, but she's just like, it has, it has the business card on. So like on the wrappers or business information, that's a nice little grift. If you can do it, man, I'm not mad at it. No, that's wonderful. I think that's so good. I would, I would do that if I had the uh, the means of production to do that. That's so neat. I, I'm trying to think of ways I can make that happen. It'll be like little bass guitar chocolates with go. my information wrapped around it. Anyway, if you don't know by now, this is how the show works. Every single weekend, we go through the top five articles that Jeremy wrote that either stuck on your newsfeed or just flew right by him. Either way, we talk about them. And if you're a news writer or a news writing enthusiast or a writing enthusiast, uh, Jeremy's going to drop some knowledge because every time we go through it, it's always a bit of an education. Are you ready, Jeremy? I'm ready. I'm going to do something. I'm going to divert from the plan for the first time ever on this show. Ripping up the script. Tearing up the script, starting fresh with two minutes to go before airtime. I'm adding an article. I warned you on the Twitter machine, which nobody uses anyway. I said I would add an article. An honorable mention goes to... Johnny Swinger signing his contract extension with Impact Wrestling. Uh, Swingman showed up on the House of Hardcore podcast, which is Tommy Dreamer's podcast. Tommy Dreamer, of course, involved with Impact Wrestling, wrestling on Impact Wrestling backstage with Impact Wrestling, yada, yada. Uh, Swinger tells the entire story of how he got his start in 2019 and how he's basically been a welcome addition to to Impact. It was supposed to be short-term, turned into a long-term deal, and he's gotten signed for another year. Uh, People who know that I host the Impact Wrestling show post-show with Cresta Star on youtube.com slash Fightful know that we're big Johnny Swinger fans so this was some very positive news to start off my week uh Jeremy you didn't write the article for the first time ever on this show do you have anything to add about uh Johnny Swinger's re-signing to Impact Wrestling 
Uh, good for him and Impact, I guess. Nah, he, he's a fine addition. Uh, we've talked about Dreamers podcast before. Shout out to uh, Colin. Colin Tessier, Tessier uh, wrote, wrote this article, and I love Colin. He does great work. Always works hard. Proud to have him on the team. Listens to a lot of stuff. Gets a lot done. Shout out to Colin. There we go. That's as much praise we're going to heap on anybody else today. Let's move on to number five. William Regal says MJF is an entitled prick still whining over an email, but he's incredibly talented. William Regal on his own The Gentleman Villain podcast told his story of MJF, and this was an engaging program. And and weekly it is, but this one in particular where he goes off on MJF for almost 90 minutes was something else. Talk to me about MJF, William Regal, the whole nine. So this all, this was... Uh, posted after last week's Dynamite. It was posted on Monday, so before this week's Dynamite. And, you know, they had the MJF and William Regal had that big promo in the ring and everything that got a lot of praise from everybody, rightfully so. And Regal has his has his weekly podcast with, uh, with Matt Coombe. And Regal, I don't know if I've said this on this show. I've definitely tweeted it. Maybe I've said it elsewhere. Regal is very tough to, like, transcribe because he's all over the place. Like, if you're just listening to William Regal, great storyteller. He'll repeat some stuff, and, like, it happens. We, I, I know I repeat shit all the time. Uh, so, like, it happens, but he's a great, great storyteller, and he has so much knowledge. He's been around so many people. He has so many stories to tell, and, and he just tells them in an engaging way. And, and Matt does a great job of, like, guiding the conversation, asking the right questions, getting the information out of Regal. And Regal is like very much a, a faucet of just like, he's going to spill stuff anyway. Um, but this, this was the thing. Regal does not necessarily give you like anecdotal stories of like, Oh, here's an article. Here's an article. Here's an article. This is all, this entire article was just this podcast, which is an hour and a half long. And then I had to just basically piece it together into one giant article like regal is is not if you're if you're a news writer out there regal is somebody who you're not going to get mileage out of as far as like oh well here's five different stories that i can write and and put together you are going to get mileage out of how do you craft like essentially a feature article on one interview Regal's a guy to listen to for that because there's just so much do- knowledge and detail that he that he's going to drop in these interviews. And I I, I was messaging with, with Matt and just praising him, telling him he did a great job with the interview because he did. And you know, Matt Matt's Matt's a great guy. I met him uh, last year at at Wrestlecade. Uh, Cass, who who's never appearing on the spotlight ever. Cass actually introduced us. Um, so yeah, Matt, Matt rules. He does like themes and stuff too. Matt is great. Did a great job with this interview and Regal again, like if you just want to like listen to somebody, if you don't have to like transcribe and do news and stuff like Regal's just a great person, to, like listen to and, and just understand where he's coming from and just like understand what the business is about and the way he views the business. And then when it came to the MJF stuff, he obviously had a lot to say stemming from that promo stemming from like his whole history of MJF. And you don't really know if it, he does say at one point, like, this is Darren talking, this ain't William. Like, this is me. Uh, like, you don't really know if it's like work, shoot, because they're involved on television. There's the Moxley match. But like, does he really feel this way about MJF? Which is another brilliance of, of Regal is he has so much cachet that when he says these things, you think it's all real. But of course, if it's on television, you think it's a work. Uh, but great, great, great listen 
uh, with Regal and MJF, I, especially like the the very end. I can't tell you how many times like I thought I was done like writing this article of like okay, they're kind of like he's still talking about MJF, but it's repeated stuff. The stuff that isn't necessary, and then Matt would pull some like new information out of Regal, and I'm like, well. I, I can't do like a separate article on that. This is all one article. And like the very end where Regal talks about like taking the crowd on the roller coaster ride and like the, the thrill he kind of got of like, yeah, I heard them boo. I heard them boo me and cheer him. And I'm like, all right, fucker. Like I'm going to twist this around and we're going to see what happens here. He's like, I got like I got a, a thrill from that. Like, you know, I got up for that. Like I want to, I want to be great at my craft. I think I'm very good on the mic and like to be able to do that to the crowd, like it shows that I can still do this. So Regal's great, man. Any interview, if you're just listening to Regal, I think it's very difficult to like not find him engaging and enlightening. If you're like trying to craft news around Regal and transcribing, it can be a little frustrating. (laughs) What's especially interesting to me with this particular episode of the gentleman villain is that Regal doesn't normally, um, bring the storyline world into yeah. his podcast right and this is the first time where like you said there are times where he says this is darren talking or this is williams like he he does a good job of of, of kind of clouding it but at the same time uh this is not something that's typical on his podcast and i like that and i really enjoyed listening to him give his take on this show well you have like Every, it seems like everybody has a podcast on the, the Conrad network, but this is the great thing about the Conrad network is like you have people who are active in WWE and AEW or legends just overall who have ties to multiple companies giving their opinion on stuff. And some of I don't care what road dog has to say about the AEW product. Who gives a shit? I don't even care what, like what Jim Ross has to say about the WWE product, but these are guys who have ties to, to certain companies. And when they talk about what's going on in the company that they're in, there's always like some knowledge there. And that's why I listen to these shows. I'm not big on like listening to the history stuff that as far as like news goes, it's very evergreen news. You can write about that at any time. That story isn't really going to change. It's cool stuff. Like me personally, I'm very much focused on what's happening now. And what can I write about now that these guys are talking about? So, so Jim Ross does a great job of always like mentioning Shivani for the most part. We'll, we'll drop some stuff as well. But yeah, Regal is usually men talking about history. Like if he's ever asked about like, Hey, what's going on at AEW? It's just like Blackpool combat club. We do our own shit. We don't care what anybody else has to say or is doing, but this one, because he was directly involved on screen, it was a very big segment. Talked about it. Got a lot of mileage out of it. And he didn't have to air his dirty laundry. Hey, speaking of which, uh, let's move on to number four. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is hoping to find every man character he connects to in wrestling. So Dale Earnhardt Jr. was on his podcast, dubbed the Dirty Air Podcast, where he had quite a lot to say about wrestlers of the past and into the present and what he connects to and what he wants to connect to as well. Uh, Go ahead. Talk to me about Dale Earnhardt Jr. So he was at Raw on on Monday. It was in Charlotte, big big NASCAR town. I used to frequent Charlotte often when I lived in North Carolina, the NASCAR hall of fame is there. Uh, and he got invited to raw. He's had a lot more than this. It was actually like a good, like 20 minute conversation about like his experience at raw. He got a tour and everything. He met some wrestlers and he was like, yeah, they were nice to me backstage. And then they were telling me like, Oh, when I go out there, I'm going to be a dick. Like, just don't, don't worry about it. Part of the show and everything. And then, I was like, all right, cool. He talked about his experience. It was good. It was a nice little listen. And then he talked about like 
the the everyman stuff and like i want to get back into wrestling i want to find a canary character 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 that i connect to like a steve austin dusty Rhodes, like the guy next door who drinks a beer works on his car spark plug bob holly out there he would have loved sparky plug uh something like that and i find i find it interesting because anytime like celebrities talk about wrestling you we know wwe and aw they always use the, like the celebrity engagement stuff right like they, they're celebrity cameos every single month in wrestling a, a celebrity a social media celebrity is challenging for the title a week from today so they love the, the celebrity involvement and everything and here's dale earnhardt jr basically say, like biggest name in nascar i know he's retired but still like everyone knows the earnhardt name when it comes to NASCAR, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has a monster like NASCAR fan base and they have NASCAR ties. USA Network, the, the little NASCAR reality show airs after Raw. AJ Styles was just part of a NASCAR thing. They, 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 they brought back like the WWE NASCAR for like SummerSlam as well. Like they've got NASCAR ties and stuff. There's a, there's a crossover audience there. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. is saying like, hey, this is like what I'm kind of looking for out there. And now I'm kind of just curious of, is everybody going to listen here? Like, are they going to try to cultivate that character? I saw some people in the comments be like, oh, well, John Moxley is a guy that, that maybe you, you want to look towards. I even saw Mance Warner retweet it and is like, I'm right here. Like, I'm the guy that, that you're looking for. It's like every, Hangman Page is another guy that, that people brought up of, of who is like the guy next door type of character nobody from what i saw in the like mentions of the quote tweets said anything about like a wwe person and off the top of my head i am struggling to think of like who is sort of a wwe every man like is there somebody that i'm just like missing i think kevin owens can that's exactly sort of yeah i i think but he has been on tv for a while which is unfortunate um but like i think owens is probably the closest that they have right now but even that like doesn't fully fit the bill it sounds like dale earnhardt jr wants like just more of a guy who's gonna like drink i mean kevin knows probably drink a beer whatever whatever you guys drink in canada i don't know what the beer is uh that molson that, that's a that's a top canadian beer there's right? a billion better beers available to you in the great country of canada tim so, hortons does tim hortons uh, do beer not yet although i wouldn't be surprised if they get into that market at one point <laughs> it could absolutely happen. Uh, I want to. I want to point out a couple of uh, a couple of quotes. It's all the same. It's on the article. He says uh, the guys that I like are kind of blue collar t shirt and jeans. And then he says that's what I'm looking for. Where is the beer drinking guy pulling the motor out of the car in his garage? And he says Steve Austin doesn't just happen out of nowhere. I'm going to try and find the guy that I really connect to. And I think that's the whole thing. That, that's why guys like Mance and Adam Page and Mox came up is because I think a lot of people were just reading blue collar t-shirt jeans, beer yeah. drinking, and then like who's the badass guy who would get, you know, get over well with the NASCAR guy. And so they went to Dale Earnhardt Jr. and said, well, these are the guys. But realistically, those aren't the same guys. Just because they drink beer doesn't mean they're badasses. Heyman Page is not this badass character who comes out every week and says, I'm going to kick your ass. It's not him. Mance Warner, yeah, he does that to a certain degree. Uh, but that's, again, maybe not the cup of tea that uh, a guy like Dale Earnhardt Jr. is after. John Moxley only drinks non-alcoholic beer. As well. Yes, now that is exactly the case. Yeah, so he's got a sponsorship with whatever that company is. 
Um, yeah, I think Owens is probably the closest in, in WWE is like the every man just going to come out there and I owns kidding. I don't know if he's drinking much beer, but he, he kicked the shit out of Steve Austin. Well, he kind of got the shit kicked out of him by Steve Austin, uh, WrestleMania, but Owens is probably the closest. He hasn't been on TV for a while. Owens should have well, been he, in Charlotte. He was on NXT a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Nobody last week doing that. But nobody I'm just letting you know, he has been, I on know TV. he just hasn't been on raw. I get it. I would like to see him more featured on WWE television. But I agree I with you. KO's the I, guy. I watched it next day. I watched that show. I, I remember really? he was there. Yeah, I'd cover it that night, actually. Because it was the same oh. night. It was the Tuesday Night Wars. So, you know, right. we had, we, yeah, when, when things get busy, you turn to me to get everything done. You know how it goes, Joe Pearl. I do. I turn to Jeremy whenever I'm busy. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, number three, go. Orange Cassidy. I'm basically the king of the Atlantic Ocean. I saw this live not Orange Cassidy saying this. I saw Orange Cassidy win the All-Atlantic Championship at AEW Dynamite in Toronto. Uh, a very good match. And he was speaking to Tori and Dan uh, all about his All-Atlantic title victory. And now he's just triple threats all the time. He's, he's okay. Orange Triple Threat Cassidy. Let's go. Talk to me about this, uh, this article. Orange Cassidy, when he does interviews, sometimes he's in character and he's just going to give you a word or two, a line or two, and that's it. Uh, but for this one, he like wasn't in character. He actually, th- this is just one little like quote, obviously, but this is about a 15 minute interview, I would say. And it's a lot of, uh, basic like wrestling cliche stuff that is ass and orange Cassidy doesn't give like too much detail on it, but I'm always, whenever orange Cassidy speaks in more than one, one sentence, one line, one word, and I'm always fascinated, but so he did talk about like winning the title you know, beating Pac, uh, overcoming his nemesis, as he called him. Even, and the the line in there, like, I didn't use this as a headline, but the line in there where he talked about, like, oh, yeah, I was injured and I was out for a few months. I wanted to come back and, like, remind people what, like, Orange Cassidy was all about. That was a one line, but it felt like a, a very real human Orange Cassidy thing. He even talked about in the interview um, their appearance on Floor is Lava. He talked about how that came about and what it was like being on that and everything. It's a, it's a good interview with orange Cassidy. If you only know him as like the, you know, thumbs up, like cool, whatever type kind of guy. And like, that's all you expect. Listen to this interview. It's relatively short and you learn a little bit more about orange Cassidy and the person behind orange Cassidy. And yeah, I mean, I don't listen Tori. I'm pretty sure Tori and Dan is like a Canadian, uh, outlet. Um, is I think it was like Sportsnet or something. Uh, apologies if I if I mess that up. But yeah, it was it was good to l- listen to to Orange Cassidy kind of give like a out of character sort of interview here. Uh, I think they're Baltimore. Oh, okay, maybe that's yeah, true. WBAL. That's where they're from. WBAL. Right. I just went looking when he said Canadian. I was like, I don't remember hearing about Tori and Dan. Like, What's I, that? I there's a there's a Canada duo. Somebody and Dan, very yeah, famous uh, Canada duo. Uh, uh, Jay and Dan. Jay and Jay Dan. On, Jay that's and, what Jay I was thinking. Yeah, Jay yeah. Right and Dan. I forget Dan's last name, but I'm sure someone in the comments is going to remind me who it is. But yeah, Jay and Dan, those are the guys. And That's then what I was thinking of. And then they got picked up by ESPN for a short bit. They went to uh, they went stateside, and then they came back because ESPN didn't understand their brand of comedy. Yeah, and they came yeah. back triumphantly That's- to Canada. That's how I that's how I knew them is because they were they came to the states because they were covering like hockey for a little bit um but they they were doing like all around stuff with, with like sports center and everyone was like ba- like all the Canadians were like big excited of like oh man Jay and Dan like they're going to be on ESPN and stuff and then yeah I felt like it lasted like a month and then they were just back in Canada 
Yeah. But Sorry, article... Tori and Dan. Sorry, Tori and Dan. I, I was thinking of Jay and Dan. But great job with the interview and, you know, getting Orange Cassidy to be a little bit out of characters. Good stuff. There's only one person from, from Maryland that really matters when we talk about news and wrestling anyway. So what does it matter? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. Who? Andrew the Thompson. Goat, Andrew yeah. Thompson. That's right. Okay. All right. I was Just, making sure. Of course. Number two, Shawn Michaels on potent on his release. Sorry, let's try that again. Take two. Number two, Shawn Michaels on relationship with The Rock. It wasn't as bad as everyone made it out to be. Uh, Shawn Michaels this time appearing on Logan Paul's Impulsive podcast. That seems to be a thing now that everyone shows up on Impulsive. And honestly, I like it. I'm happy because that has a huge reach. And anytime wrestlers and wrestling adjacent people show up on huge, far-reaching podcasts, I'm all for it. So uh, Logan Paul had Shawn Michaels on, and he had plenty to say about uh, about NXT, about his time as a wrestler. So go ahead, tee off. Oh, we've talked about Logan Paul's podcast before, and I'll, I'll say it again. Like, it's a good listen. These guys, like, they're not afraid to ask stuff. And even even here, um, when they're they're talking about they're they're asking about uh the rock it's not like the the best transition in the world somebody says something about like rocky or, or something and then the transition is like hey speaking of the rock like you ever work with him and like this person it, it's logan's co-host and this person clearly knows that there is reported issues between rock and um between rock and michaels in the past and so he's gonna bring them up here and Michaels is like, yeah, I don't think those were as bad as they were. Uh, you know, what, what's, what's going on here and everything. I, I, you know, this is what happened. Like, I don't think they were bad as bad as they were. I was probably a dick to them. I was a dick to everybody. When I came back, I made amends. You know, it just sort of it is what it is type of thing. There's another portion where Logan Paul brings up uh, Syracuse to Shawn Michaels. And it's just like, so what happened in Syracuse? And Michaels is like, I don't really remember. Like, you know, I, I hung my coat up and the next thing I know I'm out. And Logan's like, well, here's the story. Like, it feels like he was just like reading, felt like he was Conrad reading from the observer. Like Dave wrote that you got jumped by six men in at a Syracuse bar. And then you wrestled the next night on raw and everything. And Sean's like, yeah, like you got to remember like the people who were telling these stories, they were drunk too. Like I was out of my mind. And the thing with Sean is, 
I, I, I said this after his media call, or may, maybe I did, maybe maybe I did. I think I, I sarcastically praised him because the media call was like half an hour. And I was like, yeah, fucking right, Sean. 30 minute media call. You want two and a half hour shows? That's my guy right there. But I think Sean, Sean, Sean Rossap is that like Michael's like very good and like engaging and like uh, feels very personable on these media calls. Like it's true. Like Sean is very good. Sean Michaels is good on these media calls. And when he does these interviews, like he's very good and it feels like he's genuine. And when he says shit, like, I don't remember this. I was probably a dick at this time. Whatever these people saying happened probably happened because like, they just probably have a better recollection. I don't think he's like looking for an out and not trying to tell his side of the story. I legitimately think this man was so messed up in the head at the time with everything going on that he probably just doesn't have that great of a memory with a lot of this stuff. And the, the biggest one is the, um, the Bret Hart DVD where him and Brett sit down and like Jim Ross is saying like, you did this, this and this. And Brett's like, yeah, you did this, this and this. And Sean's like, probably true. Like, I don't know, probably true. Like that, that sounds about right. Like if you say that's what happened. That's what happened. And, and I had this conversation with, with the wife of like, yeah, Sean was probably messed up. It, that's probably what happened, happened. And I think there's a believability and a genuineness to him because Bret Hart, who we know holds grudges, is willing to like forgive all of that and forgive what happened in Montreal and like have a relationship with Sean now. So it seems like even Bret Hart realizes this man was out of his mind in many ways in the 90s. He's actually changed. Like he's a better person now. I can move past that. Like everyone wants to talk about bitter Brett and everything. And in certain instances, it's true, but he's moved past that part of things with Sean at least. And I think there's a reason for that. So two things, one, I can't get out of my head. The idea of Logan Paul being like, Sean, chat me up. I read in the 1999 <laughs> wrestling observer from this date and then just going and reading the whole thing verbatim like Connie. So thank you for that. Uh, number two, I think that Sean really there's, there's, there's two Sean Michaels, right? People have figured this out by now. There is like post 2002. I've been saved. I'm, I'm a friend of Jesus, Sean Michaels. And I only remember things from that point forward. And then there's pre saved Michaels where he's like, nah, I did a bunch of shit. And now I've very much suppressed it through the power of prayer uh, or whatever it is. Sean Michaels, it, it just kind of like has, this is his second chapter um, uh, like his, his sober chapter is very much how he decides to live his life, which, you know, again, very personable. It's obviously been very fruitful for him professionally, hopefully in his family life as well. Uh, and he chooses to just kind of focus on that and focus on, on what he did when he came back to the WWF at the time, uh, in, in 2002, 2003 and onward, then he has from his past when he was, um, an active performer on the rise. So I always find that interesting with Shawn Michaels. I, I think he's good. He's very good in these interviews. Like he doesn't always give like the most newsworthy quotes, but he's, he doesn't, I don't want to say he doesn't shy away from topics, but it's very clear. You can ask him whatever you want. And maybe he is not going to give you the answer you're looking for. He's not going to go into detail of what happened because as he says, he doesn't remember or he just doesn't want to talk about it. And so he says he doesn't remember, which is also a very viable option. But 
he's willing to like have a little bit of a discussion about it. And he, he's not just going to no comment it, or he's not going to tell them beforehand, like, Hey, not, we're not talking about this kind of stuff or whatever. And the Logan Paul podcast, I really only listen to it when they have like a wrestling guest on. Cause that consumes my life. Uh, but every time I listen to it, they, those guys, like they don't care. And I'm sure they're not told uh, of what to ask. Like, Hey, this is off limits. Don't ask about this. If they are, they clearly do not care because they know their reach. They know who they are and they know that like, we can just ask about anything. And maybe you want them to ask about, maybe you want them to be like hard hitting journalists or whatever. Hey, ask about the Vince McMahon stuff, like whatever. Like I, they're probably never going to go there on any type of subject like that, but they're clearly not afraid to just go into other type of topics. Like what happened in Syracuse? Hey, what's your relationship? Like when they're asking uh, Roman, right? What's your, like, how was it working with Cena? How's it working with this person? When they're talking to Triple H about stuff, like, they're just going to ask shit. I actually find their podcast like good and engaging and it is very conversationalist. There's also nothing to be lost if they ask the wrong question or if right. they ask a question that upsets a guest. It's it, the joys of, of having um, a little bit of ignorance and a lot of celebrity. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they they know that like, okay, if Shawn Michaels doesn't like this line of questioning. It's maybe a little bit different because like the, the, the does technically work for WWE and stuff. But at the end of the day, like if Shawn Michaels doesn't like this, like what's really going to, going to happen. And the guests they have on are pretty comfortable in, in their position. I'm talking again, wrestling speaking, like they're pretty comfortable in their position as well to where they're, they know what they, what they can say, what they want to say. And they're cool with it. They know how to either talk their way around it or to where they're not going to be upset with anything either or get themselves in trouble. And, and let's be let's be frank. There's a very good chance that some of these questions or all of them are ran past PR team before they're even asked. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or ran yeah. by the guest because I've done interviews with guests and this is by no means, you know, one to one. But like I've had people come in and be like, oh, this isn't some weird like shoot interview. And I'm like, you can look at my questions. And you can tell me if you think this is, but I don't think it is. Uh, and 99%, actually 100% of the time, they're just like, yeah, these are great. No problem. Nothing's going to you know, become a, an issue out of these questions. And that's what you want. So I feel like vetting your questions is probably the way to go in this case. Uh, it's probably what happens when you have a high profile guest. Oh, well, I don't know if how it works with WWE. Never had a WWE interview. I don't feel like they vet too much. I, I don't know. Probably um, not. But it's, and again, when it comes to like a Logan Paul podcast, I think they just kind of have a certain level of trust with everybody yeah. of like, okay, we, you know what you can say, you know what you can't say. And to Logan in his crew, like they were asking questions that I think people wanted to know about that rock question is something that comes up fairly sort of often. And I haven't really heard Sean talk about it much if if at all so in the syracuse thing like i'm sure he's been asked about it but you know some people might not might not know about it it might not be a question that you think too much about yeah great discussion i love it this is what we get here on newsworthy let's uh let's move on to number one unless you have something to to add to this finally nope number one all right number one wardlow oh my god i have to read this out loud don't i i have girls chained up in my bedroom but no one in my basement. Someone well, just clipped Joel Pearl saying that. I could clip it myself. <laughs> Wardlow 
was on busted open radio and he decided to bust open a whole can of that. <laughs> uh, my interview with Wardlow had similar content. Now I'm upset because he is very openly speaking about these things and I had it first, but it is now sitting in the can ready to go. I'm pretty Jeremy sure Lambert. yours is, I'm pretty sure yours is running next week. And I was going to put over that. Yeah. Wardlow talks about being a sex God and in your interview and uh, fashion advice as well. And some wrestling stuff. Um, here's the thing. That. Yes, it, it's it's a good interview. It is uh, Wardlow. I've listened to a lot of Wardlow interviews, and like when if you talk wrestling, like he's fine with like talking wrestling. Like he, that's obviously his thing. But he's so much better when he's just like bullshitting and like laid back. So much better. It, yeah, I've listened to a lot and. I the wrestling stuff it's a lot of cliches and whatever I listen to yours and you did a great job of like getting him off of off of wrestling uh there is there is the the question about um you know be, being whipped with the belts and everything that that was good and then um I just really put myself over there uh that like that was a good question like the wrestling that, stuff was good that was your question yeah. and I'm glad I asked it because <laughs> no but here's the thing it also wasn't a directly a wrestling question and you're right when Wardlow wants to talk about wrestling it's like it's wrestling but if you get him on literally anything else that he's interested or 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 being featured in it's like let's go open the floodgates so so this actual and there's context in in the article uh because people were like what prompted him to say this i was like well read the article um he was on busted open talking about like halloween movies and everything and like killers and villains and all the all this different stuff and spooky like Jason and Freddy and all these people, um, and they they made the compare. They asked like, oh, who would be like a good like horror villain in uh, in AEW? And Warlow didn't really give an answer. And then someone was like, who who gives like you vibes? Like it seems like a nice guy. And you you the show on Netflix starring uh, Penn Badgley and it's a fucking fantastic show. Uh, first season is like incredible mix of comedy and drama legit just like the, the episode where he's like high off his ass uh is one of my favorite episodes to just watch and like bullshit about with, with my with my buddy Samer because it's so hilarious um and i don't think it's supposed to be anyway wa- watch you on netflix they they ask like who who gives like you vibes of like kind of like seems like a nice guy but is actually like kind of a murderer and somebody like in love and manipulative and, and kind of guy and Wardlow just says like, Oh, like that's a good show. Like, yeah, I've got women chained in my bedroom, not in my basement. And then I was like, all right, well that's, I, I needed something more on this though. So if you actually read the article, he talks about the match with Matt Taven that aired last night where he gave him 20 power bombs and ended up beating him, which is exactly what he said he was going to do in that match. But he talks about that and I could have easily gone go ahead you buried the lead jeremy he what? also ate matt taven alive yeah, like he said he would do in the interview it did. matt taven was consumed by wardlow on aew rampage we saw cannibalism <laughs> on aew rampage last night that's wild we did we did wardlow uh he got bailed out of jail which is good it happens on wrestling so like nothing really counts like you can just get away with anything on wrestling no one actually goes to jail um but like, i could have easily just been like Wardlow comments on Matt Taven match. Wardlow says he's going to beat Matt Taven, whatever. Like could have gone with an easy headline like that. Generic headline like that. It's like, no, going to go with the pop headline. If you want like actual wrestling discussion, actual comment on this match, 
read the article for yourself because he does comment on the Matt Taven match. And he had some, and look, Wardlow saying I'll eat Matt Taven alive is like, is a decent headline as well, but it probably wouldn't have done the numbers and the engagement that I got women chained to my bed, not my, not my basement ended up doing. So this is tricks of the trade. Everybody. Sometimes you can just take a line headline with that, make people click to give you the context. It's not clickbait because you're not baiting into any type of, oh, what do you mean? Like Rhodes returning to WWE soon and you find out it's Brandy Rhodes is returning on the bump or something. That's clickbait, everybody. That's what actual clickbait is. Me doing this headline, I call. I said it before, I'm going to get this term over. I'm going to trademark it just like my man TK did with WYW, Watch Your Wrestling. That became huge in the wrestling community. GFY, my man Chris Jericho, he got that one over big time. I'm going to get over headline bait. Trademark it, mark it down. What I do is headline bait, not clickbait. I'm going to get over CJ, CJ and TK, my boys. RJ or RYH, read your headlines. No, that sounds awful. Headline bait. So do the other ones. Copyright it. Copyright headline bait. Get Sterling on the phone right now. I was going to say, talk talk to Mark Sterling, and then we'll get yeah. it on the phone. No, this is what it is. The Wardlow, this, this, is the, this is the best headline imaginable to get people's eyes on it. And you didn't, there's no lie. There is no misinterpretation. It is very much what he said. And if anything, you're just like, huh, that's hilarious. Now I should read what's left on the page. And that's what you want. That's that's headline. It's not headline. It's headline bait. Yes, it's headline bait. Like I call it a headline pop because that's what it is. It is that, but you know, I want to throw in the clickbait thing because it. everyone I, I, likes I the. It. It, it's headline. I'm baiting people to click the article with a fantastic headline. I'm baiting people to engage with the headline. That's why I'm calling it headline bait. Well, engage with us here every single Saturday. At least it's Saturday for now. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? Here at Fightful Overbooked, we drop content every day, but newsworthy, we drop every Saturday morning so far. Uh, that's it for us. We did uh, we did six articles today, just for you people, because we think you're special. Jeremy Lambert, do you have anything left to plug? Uh, Fightful Overbooked, we have new content every single day. Tomorrow is uh, Tim and Joel. And Joel will be on tomorrow. Mondays, 3 p.m. Tag Talk. They are live now. This week, uh, Haley and Kylie have a Halloween episode. I don't know what that entails, but I think they wanted the spookiest tag teams ever. There you go. I assume they, I mean, they might be dressing up or something. Might I might have to don the sting mask and make a run in on that show. Uh, we shall see. But yeah, and new content every day here on this channel. Support the stuff we do, please. There you go. It's easy as that. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers.